This time on Geeky Topics Roundtable Discussion, we talk about what to do with talky characters. Bob is on his third speech of the night, and he is just trying to talk himself out of a ticket. Like, they're (laughs) driving. The things we would like to play that we aren't really allowed to play. Misa, vampire! (laughs) (laughs) Steak. There's a steak in you. Misa, suck your blood! (laughs) And finally, is this the end of Fandible... Do we have the line to must choose? be drawn here. <laughs> this far, no Right here on Fanable.com Actual Play Podcast. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, others, uh, and animals, plant people, uh, lizard individuals. Obama. Oh, Obama. I'm sorry. You already said lizard. Oh. <laughs> lizard. Uh, Is it true? fellow lizard Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Four more years. <laughs> Welcome everyone to Fanable.com actual play podcast where we are sitting down for another geeky topics roundtable discussion. Yes, yes! I am joined here with my usual cadre of characters. I am here with Daniel Jesus, Billy, and Angela. Uh, thank you very much for all sitting down. Uh, I understand that some of you live here, and we're wondering <laughs> why I showed up at your home. Uh, so appreciate you guys uh, acquiescing to my demands. We're also excited that Kevin Smith is going to be joining us soon. Yep. If, if we have time. Yeah, if we have time. he uh, He's actually at the uh, church down the street. Uh, church's under- chicken. Uh, yeah, church's chicken. Yep. Um, yeah, he still said that has to do with his uh, his his public service. Mm-hmm. Um, something about promoting uh, the church of Warhammer Forty K discussion. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. We we can't really spoil anything about his la- his latest mm. uh, film project, mm. but you uh, know, okay. Okay. but you know, it does have forty thousand implications. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, how are y'all doing today? Meh. Meh, it'll do. Slightly yeah. aroused. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out Snapchat and posting shit for Fandible. Mm-hmm. So slightly aroused as well, yeah. I understand. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, good to hear. I'm, I'm doing all right myself. Uh, we we were just listening before we started recording to uh, what I can only assume is a Mad Maxine-style brawl behind the apartment here uh, with, uh, I understand, children. So it would really... Children. Little people. So, yeah, little monsters. So I'm going to say... No, no, they're not in my game. It's different. We prefer to call them crotch fruit. fruit. (laughs) Crotch fruit. Yes. Gotcha. Or crotch groot, if you're Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Crotch groot. Groot. So, oh, you can't... You just... Okay. Mm -hmm. They're very tall. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, So, so, uh, I've got a couple questions here for you lovely people. Um, I was going to ask a... uh, I was going to ask a couple of Mother's Day questions, and then you people were nice enough to remind me that that's actually pretty far away, and I'm just uh, spacing out and being like, oh, is it Mother's Day? By the way, that's what I think every time I don't remember what the weekend is. Mm-hmm. Like, shit, is it Mother's Day now? <laughs> like, that's my biggest fear, because my mother will call. Well, a couple pissed. of, uh, like a month ago, it was Mother's Day in the UK, so, like, happy internet was like, happy Mother's Day, and I'm like, What? No. Oh dear no. God! Yep. Shit. Yep. <laughs> no, it's okay. You didn't. You know, you didn't send me on one day of the year. I mean, yeah. I cared you for nine months, <laughs> but that's okay. Hello, <laughs> David. It's the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Queen Mother's Day, and you haven't sent me anything. <laughs> I understand that you sent Mordrigan a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, did we send him that stuff yet? Yes, we did. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, they got it and they opened it on air. I don't think it's actually aired yet, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, because they have better. to edit out all that vomiting from what <laughs> we put into that box. Oh my god, there's so many penises! <laughs> we wrote so many things. Yeah. Mostly penises. And I'm op- I'm opening it now! That's my modrigan, by the way. <laughs> Hello! Hello! I'm opening the box now, yeah. Gavi! What we got in here? Spiders! <laughs> so many Spiders! Please we don't love you, Marjorie. Water on my couch. Sorry. We, we love you, Marjorie. We love you, everyone at uh, the Cult of Tea and Dice. They're wonderful, and everyone should listen to them. So we're twenty minutes in. Uh, first question, <laughs> lovely people. Uh, this is going to be a question from a listener. Mm. Uh, listener, you know who, who you are. I don't know some listener. Um, oh, give me a fucking name. <laughs> I'll do what I want. <laughs> who is this guy? Uh, fucking oh, so now I got it. Now who I got this person. Now I got a vet. Now I got a vet. All right, let me see. Uh, and, but, but, yeah, okay, so this is from, uh, can we use this name? Uh, you are pointing at my name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use that. Oh. The question stands, Angela. <laughs> Excuse me, the question stands, madam, to my right. <laughs> uh, I yeah. think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, this question is from Sam. So, Sam asks, any advice for splitting the screen time in games so that the more dramatic players don't overshadow their peers? Sam follows up with, not that anyone in Fandible is dramatic in games. Not at all. We're a very serious podcast. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Super serious. Grimdark. <laughs> yeah, super serious. <laughs> if you will. Yep. Um, Seriously, I, if an entire planet doesn't die in an episode, we've done something wrong. An entire planet or planet? <laughs> planet. Okay. Planet. I, planet, planet. All three. A um, planet of plants. Welcome to the planet plan. <laughs> oh, no. This is not. You should all move. <laughs> <laughs> this was a poor idea. <laughs> this was a poor decision. All of our all of our politicians get drunk on Jack Stallion and then make policy decisions. <laughs> Snickets. That's the Jack Stallion. There, yes. yes. Sorry, yes. we were trying to think of like what sn- the Snickers ripoff we had. It was called Snickets. Not mm-hmm. ripoff. Analogy. Analog. 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 Yeah. Analog. Yeah. Which I still want to actually make images for because I. I it's, Challenge issued, they, listeners. Yeah, yeah, Some of I, you are insanely talented artists. So seriously, exactly. Okay, so. So, so I guess I, I feel like the illustrators could come up with an illustration. So the illustration, by the way, for Jack Stallion, their their logo is always going to be a uh, is always going to be a centaur because their slogan is two hands, four hooves, all man horse." <laughs> um, it's a very very testosterone based. Yeah. Um, the, the the enunciation wasn't quite clear at the end there. Man horse or man horse? Yes, man. The way that we recorded it the very first time was was. Two heads, four hooves, all man horse. <laughs> yeah, so take of that what you will. And uh, Snicket's is, I uh, guess, just... Pick it and Snicket. Pick it and Snicket. Yeah, yeah. So it's a candy bar for protesters? Yes. Huh. Or huh. That's very niche. It. No, it's pick it and Snicket. Or nick it and Snicket, but that, <laughs> that was some legal ramifications. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, to our British listeners, do not steal it and eat it, I guess is what we're trying to say, because Nick it would be to steal it. Got it. Yeah. Spiders! Right. <laughs> so, how do you... Question. How, how do you... Uh, how do oh, you, the question, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. How do you split time, screen time? I, I appreciate the term screen, screen time, by the way. Uh, how do you split screen time in between or amongst players so that the more dramatic-oriented, drama-oriented players don't gobble up the majority of time for a game? 
Uh, I think generally it depends on what the focus of the story is in the first place. Like with Another Metropolis, it's definitely split between two different people. Uh, two, two different groups of people. Stop moving. Stop, stop, stop. It's two different groups of people. It's Byron and Moira, and then it's uh, Curtis and Phil over here. <laughs> <laughs> I Sorry. make sure. Oh, I fucking love it. Okay. <laughs> the story, I will fully admit, uh, the Hello Metropolis story is more focused on Byron and Moira. But I try to make you guys have separate stories, and uh, separate adventures. That's uh, you, You're both able to build off each other. And then there's a, it changes when we have a story like with the first in our Warhammer 40k game for Death Watch. Well, basically, the focus of the story, yeah, yeah, the focus of the story was on your Angela's character. It was, yes, your girlfriend, yes, yeah, Angela, your girlfriend. yes, yeah. Uh, and because the focus was on specifically on Angela, the focus t- focused on her, and we all agree that made sense for the story. Uh, you said this was the Death Watch campaign. Yes. How could that be focused on a woman? <laughs> because in this yeah, your version story doesn't check out. Because in that this version of Warhammer 40k, there was a female space marine. I know it's shocking. I, I'm getting the yeah. fuck. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm, I'm sorry. My, you pay my, for this. My feeble lady brain can't comprehend any all, of what's going on. By I the just way, hear loud noise. Guys, all I'm saying is I'm not sexist. This is not sexist for having an opinion, but bitches <laughs> can't handle uh, Death Watch. It's true. For those listeners who don't know, we recently had a comment on this that we're, kind of we had a few comment. discussions about beforehand. In fact, it, it reawakened uh, a, a sleeping rage giant. Um, Long-standing sleeping rage yeah, giant, right. because that post is from four years ago. Yeah. 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 Um, All we could say is Warhammer 40k uh, fucking sucks. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, role playing it fucking sucks. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, role playing fucking. I do like. I'm sure, the board game okay, is okay, fun. No, okay, no. I love. I, I love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will kill you. Yourself. I do love the lore. I read all the Warhammer Forty K books, but I fully dolls. the little dolls you move around. <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew. Yeah, pew. I, I do that love is the, this. Was now. okay. <laughs> I do love the Forty K music, but I do realize how ridiculous, from an outside perspective, it could be, and even from a role playing aspect, it's hard to do it serious. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was, I think, our, just totally derailed. That was our issue with Warhammer 40k. Not the ridiculousness of it, because mm-hmm. we, it, what, what? There was cat hair on your mic. There's always cat hair. This is my apartment. No, I'm just worried the gopher is beatboxing again while you guys are asleep. <laughs> He's gonna drop that album eventually, and then he'll move out, and where will you be? Cats can dance. Boo-boo! <laughs> uh, anyway, obviously we do not shy away from ridiculousness in games, but the game doesn't recognize that it's ridiculous. <laughs> and so when we're sitting here being like, corpse crackers, ha, 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 aren't we funny? And they're like, no, that's actually definitely serious. Yeah. So how do you guys, when you have that kind of drama, as we found, <laughs> as we find a Warhammer for k but when you have that kind of drama, okay, this is actually good, because we're talking about a, a setting that requires drama when interacting in-game, but at a game, we are joking around, and you even have jokey characters. Um how do you how do you separate the drama based players or all of the players so that the drama based player does not consume the majority of the time with uh, lengthy speeches or pregnant pauses or pregnant lengthy speech pauses? Well, if you're playing Death Watch, there's no way that you should allow for a pregnancy to occur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not only that, but am I the only one that thinks that Gopher's album name would be that uh, that pussy's fat? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, what about Furballin? Oh, furball, and I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. how do you separate screen time? Um, 
Uh, I was going to say, uh, actually, going back to uh, Warhammer, I think one thing that was really helpful in Rogue Trader, mm-hmm. that game obviously had a lot of opportunities to focus on Daniel because he was you know, playing the captain, and yes. often in these stories, the captain is your de facto lead character. And I felt that Daniel actually did a great job of... Uh, he certainly had great scenes by himself, but you knew when to delegate. Like, you were acting as the captain. And it's like, yeah. hey, not to Sevia, you go deal with Barsher, and then Barsher and I would have a scene, and hey, Qantas, go investigate mm-hmm. weird shit. Qantas gets to go and have a scene. So you were doing yep. that was almost more you than Jesus. That's yeah, very good. So you were making... you were really good as a cat. Yeah, no, that yeah. that was that was a on purpose. Like, no, I don't <laughs> want to take over this game. And B also a, a result of natural laziness. It's <laughs> like, no, I don't want to wait. There's other people at this table. Make them go <laughs> investigate this shit. No, I got snacks to eat on my yep. crunch crunch. And, it, crunch. and yeah. honestly, yeah, it worked for your, over that. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> it worked for numerous scenes for your character because your character was the delegator. He yeah. was like, finish this because I'm the captain. I tell you so. Well, yep, let's not yep. forget about uh, another thing about it, – it's kind of important to add uh, – for for one shot, you should definitely try to make sure people get what they want. They get their plenty of time to shine. But for games that you're playing a lot of, um, just kind of acknowledge sometimes a, uh, there is going to be a scenario or a setting where it's going to be focused on – one character, and the others are going to be kind of the side characters. There's characters for that round, like I don't know uh, when Barsher ascended to God. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of focused on Barsher. That was a Barsher centric episode for a reason, right? Well, and I've tried to do it with the the end of the world games. Like I've been trying to rotate between all of you for who's kind of not really a leader because you all are terrible people. We're millennials. It's a difference. But, yeah. you know, there'll be games where uh, Billy's really intent on getting to Laura, so that's the focus on it. There was the game where David was actually a, a not a deep one, but like a... Uh, yeah, I was a... I was a- uh, art student and I was connected with the mythos. Yeah, yeah. so you were uh, playing into the, the Cthulhu mythos more and uh, the most recent game we uh, finally was able to use Daniel a bit more. Which hasn't yeah. been posted yet. Hasn't posted Not yet. a huge spoiler. Okay. But it's like, for once the game wasn't entirely about running away <laughs> so it was a natural point to bring in Daniel a bit more. <laughs> I, I would say because I think the question is about finding your game going in a certain direction. I, I like the the I like the statement that yes, some of your games will be player character centric as long as it is by design. But I feel mm-hmm. like the nature of this question is the oh shit moment, yeah, where you're like, okay, you know, Bob is on his third speech of the night and he is just trying to talk his, himself out of a ticket. Like they're <laughs> driving, they are driving to the story and they got pulled over and now this is like he is on. Uh, I believe he just quoted Nietzsche. Uh, then I would <laughs> so. say uh, don't uh, don't hesitate to if kick it, him away it, out of the table. Yes, <laughs> uh, kill him. No, just don't hesitate to have an NPC uh, NPC interrupt, mm-hmm. or if Bob refuses to be silenced, punish him. Mm-hmm. Like, and he might say, "Hey, don't want to get a roll to see if they fall for it?" There are times when yeah. you can just say it's okay to say like. No, your character's acting like such an asshole. You don't get a charisma. Well, the yeah. cop, the and cop us, is being a dictator. Yeah, yeah. No matter yeah. what, it's okay. It's okay to kind of take charge and decide and dictate if someone fails. I'm not saying don't do that all the time because oh, no. that would hurt. Yeah. But sometimes, if a person's really just ruining the scene or taking the scene over. Have them fail. Yeah. Have them be interrupted. Yeah. Have them get also, shot. Kill also, them. Kill their mother. Okay. <laughs> there also has to be circumstances where a charisma will just not work. Period. Like. Uh, I remember a story, I think, uh, from one of our old groups, who Gabal said about a player they used to have who tried to convince everyone 
no matter what the occasion to join him. One time he was a vampire, Camarilla, and basically tried to convince a group of Sabbat to, that they were chasing to like join him in a party or something like that. They murdered him like brutally, and he couldn't understand why it didn't work. He rolled the die. Yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, I'm a big fan of fish out of water for uh, shaking things up in in a game. So, uh, and that is putting characters with certain specialties outside of their specialty mm-hmm. and ratcheting up the necessity of them engaging in this scenario. So if you've got a talker who is bought and paid for, has talkie points, totally understandable, but is eating up a little too much, uh, a little too much dialogue time. Shoot them. Then, mm-hmm. no, then make them the one who has to suddenly deliver a baby in the back of a cab <laughs> while the EMTs are on their way. No pregnant woman in labor gives a shit about your performance <laughs> score. Well, like, unless she, if she was in the Death Watch. But that is yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because then it's really artistic expression. Um, no, but put them, it, take the character and design a scenario where they cannot talk or drama their way out of an instance where time is of the essence and they have to utilize quick thinking or teamwork. But make it so that there's less issue for drama. And more issue. And also, I'm a huge fan of doing this the reverse. Take the person who's got a technical skill set and put them in the limelight where this, where the talker would be really comfortable and have them act that out. Because that does two things. One, that makes the character who plays the talker character have to think like the technical character. And the technical character has to become more, uh, familiar with having the spotlight on them with dialogue, with the improvisational nature of the game. And they kind of level out. Because if you have the the talker character talk all the time, then they're going to feel entitled to that at some point. Not necessarily intentionally, but they will feel like every time there's mouth sounds, they're the one that has to step up. Mm-hmm. Even that out, put everybody in different situations where they're not com- their characters aren't comfortable, and like still make it fun but uh, necessary. I, I love to, taking uh, the the big like the the shooty tank characters like the combat characters. It's like, nope, this game isn't going to have any combat because you've been trying to solve everything by shooting it. So here, no. nope, nope. Like this happens in Hollow Earth. Like every game. hunt. That was you guys. I did not <laughs> set that up. That was what 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 I sometimes run into. Uh, this hasn't been so much for the fandible games except for the damn nails. Uh, but it'll be like, oh, they want to investigate every possible outcome. And it's at some point I'm just like, no, you've, that, that's not, you don't find anything there. Don't roll for it. You don't find anything there. Don't roll for it. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. you're not going to find anything. And with the nails, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to be like, guys, this, getting a radio is pointless. You really wanted that radio. So it's like, fine, fine. Nails. Give me 40 nails. And that became our primary quest. <laughs> I think you guys up. have forgotten that there's like a, a surface world that is your home and you want to return to. Uh-huh. Uh, Not before the nails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not before the nails. We're going to go to the surface world, buy the nails, and <laughs> ship them down to the hollow earth. We will be millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... So I and also like I feel like in order to divide up time, uh, if somebody is, I, some games are by design a little imbalanced when it comes to talkiness. So identify those games when they happen. I think that Unhallowed Metropolis is one of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that if you, I've looked at that game for years, and every time I look at it, I'm like, I get this, except for the noble or the the aristocrat. The aristocrat is. Like, aside from some builds, seems like such a change in the narrative that 
I don't know how you would level that out so that anybody could have that because it's based on Victorian London. There was no equality. Yep. That's the point. Mm-hmm. So all these games we're talking about, these what ifs, that's based on the setting of equality, cyberpunk fantasy, things like that. Just identify which games are, you know, bred from the ground up to not have that kind of equality in, in setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then you might just run into like issues of like, yeah, okay, why is the, why is the surf trying to speak for the night right now. Like, mm-hmm. that, the, the game's based around historical accuracy. That doesn't make any sense. So identify those games um, quickly. And uh, there would be no shame in picking up Unhallowed Metropolis and saying, nope, you can't play a noble. Yep. That makes sense. Um, or Mute Nobles. Mute Nobles are an option. Mm-hmm. I guess you could have, like, really intense... Uh, really intense... Well, that's a mourner. <laughs> sign language. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And to fact, bring up, uh, bring up like, a, like, a Zuz example of sometimes just... Social roles won't work. Like for example, there was one time uh, Jesus had a child character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just one time? Yeah, yeah, just just the one. You know? <laughs> that only happened once. <laughs> they, uh-huh. it, I should have no. killed that. I should have just <laughs> shot that kid when he said, "No, I'm not." I was like, "I'm a, I'm an aristocrat. This is what I can do." <laughs> Bam. Yep. Clean yep. that up, someone. <laughs> Another chop. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Same family. <laughs> <laughs> Good than the same plot. <laughs> oh, nice or awful? Awfully that nice. On, that worked on a couple of levels, so I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow- <laughs> Thank you, thank you, backup moderator. <laughs> um, so moving on. I try to eat your pop pop filter. I'm thirsty. <laughs> go get a drink. I want pop. You're oh, that's why he's eating the pop filter. I'm so uh, funny. <laughs> Uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know who I'm we so are. alone inside. <laughs> hey. That's uh, right in with Jesus now. Sorry. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. why he's alone. There's so Someone's going to find a nice death watch to go out of. <laughs> <laughs> Scream out for the Emperor. For the Emperor. <laughs> we should play for Warhammer 40k and just have us kill, like, le- make level one characters and have us charge the Emperor's room and just have us kill everything. <laughs> and just have people say, that's not possible! <laughs> <laughs> the emperor is a woman. <laughs> In a world where the emperor now has boobs, your entire galaxy is shattered. <laughs> oh my god, war, no! Boys, boys, stop fighting! <laughs> Warhammer 40 duck. <laughs> oh. Warhammer 40 gay! <laughs> Yeah, the, the duck Cut thing that. was because apparently, how do you say gay in Spanish again? Pado. Mm-hmm. Pado. Pado. Which Pado. also means? Duck. Yep. Our, 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 our two Spanish, uh, Latino listeners, which also happen to be sitting at this table, <laughs> will, we'll appreciate, yeah, will appreciate this joke. <laughs> so, Jesus, who's editing this, put in the more you know sound here. <laughs> okay, so guys. John Cena! <laughs> Kami Ishmael sends us the following inquiry. Have you guys ever made a player character out of something found in a monster manual or similar text? Now, ish, we actually went around the the table before we started recording and realized we haven't. Well, not as fanable. Some of us have. Not as fanable, but. Some of us have tried, like, I'm playing a Minotaur, but yeah, none. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. The only one I recall was in high school when I played a Were Tiger Monk. 
I destroyed things. Yep. It was easy. Wow, high school, you said? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unsurprising. I know. Yeah, I played a lot of weird stuff in the in uh, the LARP scene in in Maine because I knew a lot of people, right. and so I could play some really weird stuff. But also, like, they knew I was going to be the drama guy, not the stats guy. Um, but but then I met you guys, and I became more like, no, we have to play by the book because we're trying to learn the system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and for D and D, I know there's rules on how to play some of the monsters, uh, but. I never had that book, so we kind of made up our own. Like, I played a Minotaur one year, uh, a Drow, that kind of stuff, but... I feel like this is one of those Deadpool, we were so poor, like, jokes. Like, well, we never had that book, we just had a picture of the book, so we had to make it up. Yeah, no, but it was... Oh, so you had a picture? Yes, we had a picture. <laughs> um, so, so we, uh, we followed up, Ishmael, with, uh, with something that we can't answer, because um, that one's a big flat no, and that's not great uh, mm-hmm. radio. And so the the modified question is, what would we like to play in a game that is listed as NPC only? So what in a system would we like to play that is generally not something you're allowed to play? Uh, Ferrata Capes. Um, they don't have any rules on how to make a magical character or a godlike character, like godling, not god, or like an android or anything like that that's not specifically alive. Um I would love Android rules. Like I know we've we've talked offline about the the magic and the god rules, um, but now that you mentioned Android rules, it's like yes, I want to play a robot. Yeah, you you wouldn't have to worry about the Z virus. Uh-huh. But I guess I would I wouldn't mind being able to play those. I mean, for my games of Riot Capes, I have like an idea on what you do to make a magical character uh, and some of the weaknesses there and positives. But that's about it. But I, I wouldn't mind actual rules or being allowed to play outside playing one of those God Android or. Magic. Uh, magic. For just once, I would like to be able to play a woman in Hex, Angela. I would love to play a woman space marine. That's all. <laughs> Who here would love to play a woman space marine? Me. <sighs> Me. I, I guess Heretics. technically that is the one time that we've... I, it's not from a... a, a a source book or anything, but uh, yeah, that's a good point. that yeah. is the one time where we've been like, fuck you. We're going Actually, to do the other time the was, says we can't do. The other time was the Littlest uh, Rogue Traders, the, yes. uh, the, pet, the pet episode, episode. where Hell we yeah. all those rules. Uh, yep. A squig, uh, you were a cat, and you were a servo skull, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep, so yeah, got. those were yeah. All right, so that that there you go, Ishmael. We thought we were, the answer was no, but it's actually the Littlest Traders. Yeah, yep, and exactly. didn't we also and do Deathwatch. that unhallowed one where we where we played like like ghosts? Oh, and you stuff? no, we did play something. You yeah. played a clone. You played uh, some uh, Mercurio. Uh, Mercurial, yeah. And oh, then Mercurial's, you played the oh, you right, made, you yes. played a trope. Yeah, a throw. A throw. And there were no rules yeah. in the book. Yeah, none, none, them, none right? of those are no. officially player characters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. So, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, wow, we do got a couple. Yeah. All right. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, it's for the games that we've given up on the most or, uh, or you know, delved the furthest into. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Indubitably. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Now I'm having this idea of, of stock characters from 40K and stock characters from Unhollowed having to share the same, like, <laughs> booth in a cafe or something. <laughs> or, like, sitting next to each other in a theater before the movie starts. Mm-hmm. And they're just all just reading their like their their playbills like it's the most interesting thing in the world. Like, exactly. Oh, this is sponsored by Pepsi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so Not we can, we can do that skit later. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's uh, on first? I, I, I'm trying to think if I've played anything with you guys that I just sim- simply. Oh no, what I would like to play. Um, I would love to play the rocks that fall. I just <laughs> really for once want to be able to nail it. Um, I want to play the play, nails. I want to play a kid. 
oh, yeah. so that I can mouth off to everybody and win oh, my, win everything. I only want to play a kid if Jesus is actually a GM. Like I want us all to be kids. <laughs> <laughs> you really? You, you want you want the guy who's great at torture scenes? Oh, mm-hmm. that's right, the gargoyle, like the yeah. Disney Channel yeah. massacre. Yeah. Jesus. Well, you were kids at the time, so it was no. Okay. Hold on, no. Hold on. Didn't we post that uh, the the game where we were all kids superheroes? Yeah, we did. That, I, how I, I, did that go? I don't recall how that we went. We stopped a bank robbery, yep. and I'm sorry, it's slipping my mind. What happened to the dude you, who started the bank robbery? You went to the prop, and yeah, at the oh, prop, right. you, it was a school dance. It was pretty nice. Oh, the, guy's head, okay. the guy's head exploded. I called my I called the mentor and say like, we just witnessed a murder. What do we do? And she said, man up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> yep. And yeah, I cried. And then, yeah, yeah, and then we got into a bloody fight in a dark warehouse. And somewhere Daniel shoved a stick through a guy's stomach and left <laughs> yeah. it there. Yeah. And Jesus just gave up on the fight and said the guy grabs his intestines and starts screaming. <laughs> yeah. Okay, murder. there were no intestines. Yeah. There were no intestines. No, because the baton was keeping the them in. Yeah. He, yeah. I still remember your screen. You're like, oh! And like my character, yeah. I my, my emotion was my character sits down and rocks back and forth. <laughs> yep, yeah. So, you sure you want to play kids? <laughs> Never I mind. Want, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Retract my previous I do thing. want to play Kid World, I wonder. That, that was, that's yeah. a cool game I, yeah. we have. Kid World? It's basically a virus wipes out everybody uh, over the age of 18. Uh, no, no. It, oh, yeah, it either yeah, kills yeah. them or makes them uh, blind. blind. And kids, as they get closer to 18, they become more and more blind. And the idea is, like... Uh, the, there's still a way to cure the virus, but it's kind of like the kids. kids are the... The, the minions that have to go out and find the shit. I, uh, this isn't exactly to the, uh, to the letter of the question, but I believe it's within the spirit. I would love to play a game where we play the, uh, ethereal essence of an NPC and that we are effectively kind of like the last episode of Quantum Leap. Like we're <laughs> all in this, like, uh, like we're all B actors or something, like we're all character actors waiting to play, and then our number comes up, and we get a bill of what our NPC is. Like, okay, my name is Ruthius. Uh, I have to go out into the tavern and say, have any of you seen the size of those rats? And then I direct <laughs> them to the tavern owner. Cool, I'll be right uh, I'm sorry, yeah. sir. Uh, you're... Uh uh, there's been a change of schedule. You're no longer oh. in the scene. Uh, Rubio was able to make room and Steven, so we decided <laughs> to put them. They, they're just so talented. Yeah, exactly. So I want to play. I want to play those guys who, uh, or those 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 people who have to inhabit different forms for NPC reasons. But then, of course, something goes wrong. You know, it's kind of like being trapped in the Matrix or like Westworld or something. Like, so it's like, oh, what'd you do? It's like, oh, I was in the bunker scene with Hitler again. You know, it's like, oh, okay. it's like, where are you? It's like, oh, last stand in the name of the Emperor. Oh, when'd you go down? I heard blood for the blood gun, then they said cut. I don't know. <laughs> and then I was back here drinking martini and gin. Like, I would love to play a game like that where we just rapid fire, kind of like The Strange, just go through these different iterations of the totally disposable NPCs, a, a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of role-playing. Is what I, I would really. I, I like this. I would yeah, really it's like called, uh, yeah, it's like just that. What was that HBO uh, movie extras or something extras, like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Or okay, I'll start working on it. Maybe I can. Uh, maybe I, I can just want to be able Shadow to. Run. Can we just have like the. <laughs> <laughs> the pros be. I, I really want Rubio and Stevens to be the, the guy that like weeks. gets everything. <laughs> 65 weeks. Why do you say that like Alma from The Ring? <laughs> 65 weeks. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Shadowrun, there was one type of character I know David would never let me play. A dragon. <laughs> really yeah. thought you were going to say something racist. What? <laughs> 100% like race for it. 
No, I just thought it'd be interesting to play a dragon. Like the metagame Playing of like, a dragon would yeah. always be awesome. Well, it yeah. would be always fantastic. But, but like, especially in that universe, like there's so few of you. Like, like the manipulations you'd have to do. It'd be. I feel like it'd be more like uh, dialogue than actual fighting. Honestly. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would rather. I, I know there's rules to play it, but I've never been in a game really where people say you can. I would love to be like one of the last of the bloodlines of like uh, like one of the really rare fucking uh, bloodlines out there like oh like the true bruja or anything uh, like that. true yeah. bruja for, 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 for vampire, vampire. Oh, true yeah. bruja the nagaraja mm-hmm. nagaraja or like uh, my favorite uh, absolutely is the uh, salubre yeah mm-hmm. well that's not hard there's seven of them there's seven of yeah. them well not if you count the ones that joined up with the uh uh, the Sabbat, they actually became evil and they actually, but that's why they can only be eighth generation. Jedi, I want to play a Jedi. That's impossible. <laughs> I want to play, do that. I want to play a Jedi. You can't. I want to play. <laughs> do that in front of her. <laughs> I want to play Darth Vader. Well, I don't know. I don't know. If, you, if you make a couple of the bloodlines together, you could make a Jedi, I think, right? Well, no. You, if you, uh, the best way to make a Jedi, you would use a Tremere, I would best. You give yourself a, le- uh, that gives you the ability to shoot lightning, and you could probably do some sort of focused weapon, uh, elemental this stuff to make fault. a lightsaber. I'm sorry. So sorry. The path of a stone. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> Go into frenzy, I will. <laughs> Misa, vampire. Steak. There's a steak in you. Misa, suck your blood. <laughs> How about you, Dan? How about you? Do you have anything in particular in your in your heart of hearts that you want to play that we don't have rules for? Something in Changeling. No, I was actually thinking uh, that uh, old old school changing, changing yeah. the dreaming. Playing the staff and doctors of psychiatric hospital, Ooh. where several changelings are, because it would fit in the theme of the game. Where, mm-hmm. like, as far as the world is concerned, you, you're just people with mental problems. Yep. You know, going around pretending and believing that you're fairies and changelings, and it's like, well, okay, make that thing fly. <laughs> well, I can't. Why? Because because you don't believe in magic. Like, yeah, of course I don't believe in magic because it's not real, and you're just Billy. Yeah. You're just Billy who, who goes to school. Two more. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you're like, no, no. So, but being around that much glamour, as they know, is magic would affect the doctors, right? Exactly. Except at the same time, the doctors are a really powerful font of banality. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So basically, just being the staff and and weird shit starts to happen. But you, you are rational people, so you're trying to figure out what's going on. And and, I think the New World of Darkness kind of had something. It was called like World of Darkness. uh, it's like asylum or something like that, where yeah. you actually played doctors, and they get, it was interesting because they gave you two ways of basically figuring out how to cure some or what some what was wrong with somebody. There was the highly supernatural way, like yes, he's filled with Asani spirits, or there was like no, he's a dissociative psychopath, mm-hmm. and he was, he, this, it's because he lost his parents at the age of four. Mm-hmm. So you can play it two different ways. I always thought it was interesting. Yeah, and the be- the best game would leave it up in the air, like yes. after the game is over, you. Really don't know. Could it have been actual magic, or could it have kind been of like just, that Buffy episode yeah. when that she woke up and thought she was in a sane asylum, but she decided to go and fight the demon to save her friends, and you questioned if she was actually insane the entire time, mm-hmm. or if it was just a hallucination brought on by that demon. Hmm. I never watched that stupid shit, nerd. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just like maybe watched one or two 
episodes of Buffy, and that was one of I them. I spent an entire summer binging all of Buffy and all of Angel. <laughs> Ditto. Well, actually, no, I, Angel, I, there's a lot of episodes of Buffy I never got to see. Oh, no. I, I, Angel, I watched I'm going to be honest with Angel. I watched the shit out of all. Like, Yo, we should all sit down and watch That final season was fantastic. There are some beautiful episodes. Yeah. The one where he turns into a puppet. That's yes, amazing. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. That, oh. But the final scene in the final episode oh, yeah, was no, beautiful. Definitely. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Mm. Listen. I like the Buffy movie. <laughs> let's, let's it was say, a movie? No. The nerds here outnumber you, so just give in. No, the movie is fabulous. No, yeah, the movie, movie is fabulous. That's nothing the, to do the with the show. The cheer they do is, um, is there's a couple. Come on, all you hog fans. Come on, all you hog fans. And shake, shake your, your caboose. caboose. And shake, shake your, your caboose. caboose. Yep. Uh, okay. And uh, the name blood, of blood, blood, Luke, God. Luke Perry's character was Pike? Yes. Pike. Because Pike's, Pike's not a, a name, it's, it's a, a fish. What does it Suck look it, like? nerds! <laughs> Are you sure Jesus is the one dating? <laughs> My favorite. Oh wait, wait, wait! Because David, um, what's his name? Was was the best friend who gets turned into a vampire? David Love Pierce. Uh, no. Uh, no, he was married to Courtney... Co- yeah, Courtney Cox. Cox, Arquette, David Arquette. Arquette. Yeah, I yeah, remember, Courtney I remember Love for once a he's like, let me in, Pike, let me in! <laughs> and then Pike says this great line that I didn't realize how fucking clever it was until I was older, where he's like, are you on, like, through the glass, like, are you on something? And then it cuts to, um, to David, uh, uh whose name we just Arquette. said. Arquette. like, floating in the air, and he's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, when I saw that when I was, like, 13 or something, I was like, no, he's not. When I was 16, I was like, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny because he's also really high. You know? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I think everybody's got something that they would like to play yep. that we don't necessarily have uh, rules for yet. Mm-hmm. I'm a um, dragon. You want to be a dragon. Ah, Lisa, a dragon. Lisa, <laughs> <laughs> well, for some reason, I just imagine him riding on a dragon and saying, like, Winter is a cut. <laughs> I want to play a child of Osiris. A child of Osiris? Is that a vampire? It's a vampire. Well, it's, it's a, it was a clan, but they were all taken and pretty much killed, and then they, they're, basically any vampire can become a child of Osiris because it's more of a ritualistic based clan, a bloodline thing. So they were Egyptian vampires. They were basically, they were wiped out by Set. They were the okay. enemies of followers of Set. Yep. All of them were killed. Some, maybe a couple of them survived, and they passed on their tradition to any vampires that were looking to tame the beast. Most of them got turned into mummies uh, when Mummy of the Resurrection yep. occurred. Mummy. Uh, but a lot of them, like Osiris, came and said, Nope, fuck you, you're all dead. You guys aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. Not well, very happy ending. Well, guys, I have to say this has been really fun, and I appreciate all of you being part of it. And when I say it, I mean my life and my friendships with you. Because the final question for today's GTRT is simply, fantasy or sci-fi? <laughs> draw your line in the sand now. Sci-fi. Do you draw it with a hoof? Nope. <laughs> or do you draw it with like a weird mechanical thing? Weird mechanical thing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> do we have the to line must cho- be drawn here! <laughs> <laughs> this far! No far! <laughs> I think Angel just won this argument. And that's it. Thanks <laughs> for listening, you guys. Yeah. Angel oh, is not a true le- nerd, though. No. I'm no, uh, not. I, you I, shall not pass here. Wow. Wow. I like it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to quote Lady Hawk. I train you. Come <laughs> Oh, well, now you yeah. say Tailspins. Wait, so it's a good line. Tailspins. All the trouble we get in with another tailspins. 
Spin it. Spin it. Let's begin it. We can win it. If you spin it, you can spin it. Win it. Win it. If you win it, spin it. Boom, boom, boom. Tail spins. So is Tailspin fantasy or sci-fi is the question, right? Steampunk, it's hex. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's technology. Yeah. Yeah. It's, pulp. It's, pulp. it's pulp. I would say right. it falls on the sci-fi more so do we? Okay, so back to the question. Do we have to choose a side in this argument? Yes. This completely serious, yeah. completely serious, uh, and in no way arbitrary, and, <laughs> and very much binding, and in not... I, Anyway, if, if I have to choose, I love fantasy, I really do, but it's gotta be sci-fi. Yes! Really? I'm a space opera jackass. Yeah, I love are. science fiction stuff. Especially the jackass part. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I... will sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> or say sci-fi. Okay, here's the thing. I absolutely despise, like, cronut fantasy. Like, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Listen, just go to the board and just cross it. <laughs> <laughs> but what I like, I do. I do like fantasy. I, 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 if it has its rules, if it's not, if it's fantasy light, I enjoy it. Um, so I'm gonna say fantasy. Uh, I like, I love sci-fi, but I think I'm a little bit in the mood when role playing. I like playing fantasy because sci-fi. It's basically you're you're trying to think of stuff that's never been invented yet. You're like. I remember I tried playing Star Trek once, and they're like, "Okay, the warp core breach is happening. What's that, what do you do?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I fucking roll you just a stabilize dice." Stabilize the dilithium crystals. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, the dilithium crystals are cracked. Okay, well, you know, what, nerds. <laughs> uh, fantasy. I'm going to vote fantasy. <laughs> I'm I'm going fantasy too. I love I love me some sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, and. and were I not forced to make this ridiculous a choice <laughs> by the gun David is holding to my head right now, uh, I would say both. Well, now, wait, is it a gun or a no, crossbow? I'm holding a gun it's a stick. and a it's sword. A stick. Look, either way, but I is a stick like a gun or a crossbow? Crossbow, weirdly enough. <laughs> anyway. Uh, With pincers. Pincers that pincers. <laughs> Um, but no, but, uh, but yeah, if I must choose one, fantasy, uh, because I love, I love the supernatural. I yeah. love the idea behind, especially when it comes to, you know, like the, the idea that there are scary things in the dark that cannot be explained through, through common, like, rules or knowledge. Cause even though, like you said, you know, cause, cause you, you, you hate the, the you, know, you like fantasy with rules, which is fine. Well, uh, but, but at the same time, what I like, what I like most about fantasy is that, that idea that there are things that are unknowable. Yeah, you know, that, what, I'll be, there is that mystery. I, I like that when it remains the mystery, not right, right. not when you are, hey, you're low letter Q. Let me give you an STD. You know, like, <laughs> like I don't like when I'm part of that mystery. I don't. I do not mind if there is like a mysterious thing or a a spell that's so ridiculously powerful or a Cthulhu like darkness that's trying to seep in. That's very interesting to me. I just hate it when it's so prevalent everywhere. Mm-hmm. I like that to be basically, no, no, which I which I, I yeah, get that I that, get that. That, but, So yeah, I, I do. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Su- the supernatural and unknown is what really gets me. Yeah, and as much as I love uh, sci-fi, I'm an IT nerd, so mm-hmm. I, I spend all my day like dealing pretty much on the bleeding edge of tech. So uh, the more we get into sci-fi, the more I the more I, I look at sci-fi games, especially, and I start recognizing the technology as like. I I can probably figure out how that works. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it takes me out because I'm I'm here to pretend to do to pretend things that I can't do in the real world. And the closer we get to like fucking you know the the, the real sci-fi, because every year like it's like well, well that's it okay mm-hmm. virtual reality is here now what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the more it's like oh this isn't so much pretend for me anymore. So I just realized that with Angela's constant crusade. Against fantasy and her love of uh, science, that Angela would be the best person 
to reinvigorate the role as made popular by Christopher Lloyd in the classic film Who Framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> in the role of yes. Judge Doom. Oh, she wow. wants to take the fantasy and put it in the dip. <laughs> she wants to dip all of fantasy and start freeways on and off the freeways. My God, it'll be beautiful. She has eyes just like this. Oh my God, she was enough the entire time. <laughs> Remember me, fantasy? When I killed your brother? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, David, you need to choose a side. Gosh, I wrote... I, I, you see, here's the funny he thing. He goes both ways. <laughs> He's, sci- He's sci-fi fans. Ladies Maybe. and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And dragons or other. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, exactly. Um, see, I, I, I am pretty close to the the middle, as I said before. Um, you have to choose one. You yeah, have a gun to your you head. Ch- had, you have no choice in your mind. Which the presser always put it to his head when we already yeah. established. Anyway, how yes. long is it? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why does it have pincers? <laughs> no, it's crazy. <laughs> um, if I had to, if I had to say either way, I would say that. You are the, just so you know, we have two fantasy and two sci-fi here. Mm-hmm. You are the tiebreaker. No pressure. You're the chosen one. Okay, <laughs> and I would have to say, if I had to go to church in either realm, I would rather be greeted by, Jesus loves me, this I know, because the source code tells me so. <laughs> I love the perversion of the modern day in science fiction, specifically cyberpunk and cyber noir. Um, I like fantasy, but, but cyber, or excuse me, but, but, but sci-fi reaches into modern day issues and generally holds them up to a certain light, even in in shows that I don't necessarily like, like The Outer Limits. I still recognize that sci-fi is more of a useful tool than fantasy. Mm. I think fantasy is great for complete escapism. I think sci-fi is great for taking aspects that we deal with in modern day and then turning them into something that is barely recognizable but still allows us to have that kernel of thought later about what we can do, what might happen, what is possible. And so I love I love, you know, the Lord of the Rings and things like that, but at the end of the day, it reminds me of, uh, of, of, you know, DC superheroes. Like, I love Superman, and I think it's great. But it's Superman. I never see myself in Superman. You know, you know? what? That makes a really good point. You should actually write that to that favorite group that you support, Nambla. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I've reached Billy. I'm six inches in my mom right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one else will get that joke. <laughs> just, no, but uh, throw that up there, on the yeah. website, you guys. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not say, surprised. You're definitely. I was. I bet you were. Uh, it's it's the it's the noir that uh, gets you. I think. I more. think it's the noir, but also. Honestly, it is the sense of fairness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the things that are unfair in a sci-fi setting are unfair in a sil- still realistic way. Mega corporations are that mm-hmm. way, not just because some fucking stone glowed one night in the forest, but because somebody built it up from where they came. Uh, whereas with fantasy, a stone glows in the forest, suddenly a fucking uh, forest troll knocks down your home, kills your parents, and it's like, yep. what do I get revenge on there? Rocks? <laughs> Like, what was the catalyst? Also, oh, you think sci-fi has a better chance of improvement in the, like, in a 
in the lives of people in that particular I game. Know, I, I don't just, know. I think your point about how sci-fi kind of shines a light on modern issues, mm-hmm. I think with fantasy you could do just the same thing. I mean, let's take uh, a fantasy that actually explores, I think, better for racism because it takes away the black or white and instead says, no, these are sentient beings, but different. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing with sci-fi, uh, with aliens and things like that. Can you name an example of fantasy that does that? Because I can name like half a dozen science fiction shows. I am sure there are plenty. I mean, every... I'm not saying there are. I'm just curious because I don't know. Dragon Age. Dragon Age is a huge bit because there is not only just... There's not only just racism towards elves and humans and dwarves and everything, but it's actually there's a sub sort of racism between elves and city elves, those that gave up their tradition and those that try to become men mm-hmm. and self and live in the cities. And I think that's interesting. That explores not only uh, 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 not only just the differences of people, but also the kind of the abandonment of the new for the uh, the old ways for the new. So, Dragon Age. Uh, I'm sure there every Dungeons and Dragons game out there involves a level of racism. And l- don't get me wrong, though. It's not that fantasy games aren't also problematic. I mean, you can't... W- you pretty much are. There's a reason there is the murder hobo stereotype there. <laughs> I mean, you go in, you kill a bunch of kobolds, and you steal their treasure. You're the hero there? Well, they're... Evil. It says so in the book. So in, in, the, in the defense of in the defense of fa- uh, fantasy, we can agree that Tolkien, um, prominently one of his <clears throat> one of his primary hooks or like catches in uh, the Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings trilogy was the fact that uh, no man will strike you down against uh, mm-hmm. Sauron, mm-hmm. and it turns out it's not a man; it's a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that was you know th- that was not some sort of uh, he could have played that a bunch of different ways, but the fact is we have a protagonist who is a woman showing she's equally equipped, if not more so, than a army of men around her. And I would say, like, in fantasy games, and of course there are definitely problematic issues, but fantasy games, there has always, there, there is that kind of trope of the warrior woman. I mean, Xena, I mean, mm-hmm. you could say it has its own issues, but... Xena taught plenty of lessons and showed plenty of people that being a woman and being a warrior is you could still be a princess. Mm-hmm. I uh, I do like um, for uh, <clears throat> for sci-fi though one of one of the things that kind of brought me to the sci-fi edge uh, is the fact that in too many fantasies and I brought this up with when we were talking about Par- Harry Potter for a moment uh, before we started rolling. Uh, I just like Harry Potter for a number of reasons, but the primary one is. Um, I don't like a story where the protagonist is special by no means of his, his or her own. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter is crazy good at magic just because. Harry Potter is also very rich. Because Harry because. Potter is not really good at magic. They yeah. actually show that. There's one or two things he does very well, but the one that's really good at magic is Hermione Granger. Oh, is Hermione? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. True. And but she's really good because she knew really going hard. in. That, so mm-hmm. Harry Potter does have actually a lot of racism allegories, but mm-hmm. she came in knowing it's like, all right, I am a normal human being. I am coming in not knowing magic for 11 years. So she just dives in head first mm-hmm. and 100% becomes the most powerful witch of her age. True. Yeah, sounds but, like a mugblood, though. But yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. His wand still chose him. There's still a bunch Everyone's of like... Everyone's wand chooses that. I know, but there's still... You're this... talking about the fact that he was the one destined to kill... No, I'm just talking about... it's It's... Much fantasy, a lot of fantasy narratives have 
agency outside of the protagonist acting in their interest. The destined hero sort of, sort of thing. thing. Harry Potter is a terrible example of that. Yeah. Well, I don't read any other of your nerd books, so you're going to have to follow me through with this <laughs> No, one. just because actually by the seventh book, and I know I said earlier that I don't like Harry Potter. Yeah, wait, wait, hold this. on. I thought you were on no, my side there's like I blame Tumblr for this because I read too much Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's actually the really uh, there's really powerful evidence that Harry Potter was not the chosen one because... Um, Neville Longbottom was born the same day. Yeah, the 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 uh, what's it called? The, the there's a the kid prophecy. Who, yeah. the prophecy. The prophecy fits Neville Isn't that just as much. Isn't the kid who blows everything up? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but and at that the shows end he becomes because everyone put the pressure on Harry Potter, so he had no pressure on him to be awesome. So he just kind of bumbles through six books, and then by book seven, he's a badass. Oh, he takes down the fucking hogs. snake all by himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll have to so, check that out. Yeah, so uh, they actually do a really good job of subverting it by book seven, where it's like Harry Potter's the chosen one because everybody told him he was the chosen one, and when everyone else believes it, that's when it became true. Mm. Okay, that's very interesting. But here's why I'm still landing on the side of sci-fi. I still believe that too much, Sword in the Stone, for instance, um, too much narrative with uh, with fantasy has to do with, with like you said, Asus, the chosen one prophecy issue. You can say, like, I didn't choose the, I didn't choose the round table life. The round table <laughs> life chose me. You have never seen a hacker in a sci-fi say, I didn't choose the hacker life. The hacker, uh, no, you did. You, you woke up one day. I'm going to learn computers. And then it's like, uh, would you like to work for IBM? No, I'd like to hack IBM. I'd like to stay away from the cops. I would like to lead the hacker life. Thank you, please. I, I think the problem with I feel with like fantasy. hackers, actually, is, mm-hmm. is one where you've got the chosen one. Okay, yeah. I, I'm going to say this about fantasy. I mean, fantasy is a lot older than sci-fi, just in general. I by mean, default, even our yeah. yeah by the default, first sci-fi is what if the wheel was like? What if we had two wheels? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You exactly. blew my mind. But, but fantasy books have always been, and you have to remember, back in the day, uh, you know, they're classical lit- works of literature and classical tales and classical ballads, but they're not the most well thought out, like. Like fucking Beowulf. It's like it's a beautiful poem. It's very it's it survived the test of time. But he's a little bit of a god motor. I mean he's a he's a min maxer, like, whoa. And I think that's what when you say like you can look at like, you know, fantasy and say that it's all about like something choosing, it's just like my response to that is like, yes, that is how a lot of fantasy because there's a lot of fantasy that when it was created, that was kind of the idea of normal people aren't special. God has to make you special. So I think but you are right. There are a lot of fantasy where your agency and your kind of powers come from something that you didn't work for. Mm-hmm. But I think the new type, like what what's a uh, a growing movement within fantasy mm-hmm. is no, you are a hero. Um, like drag, I was going to grab Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. The only thing that in Dragon Age that uh, makes you special is um, you survive the uh, the a ritual that kills not everybody, but like half the people who try. Yeah, that, seems <laughs> be, that, that seems to be a certain aspect of darker fantasies nowadays, like mm-hmm. the Game of Thrones, like the Dragon Age and stuff. Right. Like it, yeah. it is. It is not about like you are destined. It's about you are given a choice. Mm-hmm. You you are given an opportunity, and then you have to bring it. Up. You mm-hmm. you didn't take that football home. Yeah. Actually, there are, there are examples of like the hero myth in sci-fi, like mm-hmm. Mass Effect, like Fallout. Mm-hmm. Those type of things are definitely science fiction. But you are there's something special about you that drops stuff by cats. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's also like 
so yes, the, the the sort of chosen one trope is is very common in in fantasy. It happens in sci-fi, but of course, it, but it's definitely exemplified a lot more by <laughs> by fantasy. Uh, but that said, there are some really good stories to be told within that sort of "I am the chosen one," especially when it falls on somebody that wasn't expecting it. So you've got the story of like the person, yeah, exactly. They're not actually special. It was thrust upon them. How do they deal with that? How do they come to terms with like? Well, fuck! Now the world ends on my shoulders. All I, I've spent my life cleaning out stables. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so, so I mean, there are stories to be told, and within sci-fi, there's a lot of that as well. There's the normal person who gets pulled into this sort of weird. Spider-Man. The aliens get the aliens mm-hmm. come down and take them, and and now I'm like an accountant, but I'm living among aliens. Well, what do alien I alien accountant? Like, it, you might not be special in that sort of like picked by God. But you are effectively a sort of chosen one. Yeah, you are even, if, even, if, yeah. even if what chose you has tentacles mm-hmm. and wants to rectally probe you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well. as an alien accountant, what form do you have to fill out? Right, uh, W40K. Bring <laughs> <laughs> uh, it around. Uh, all right, so ladies and gentlemen. So does anybody want to change their vote? <laughs> <laughs> Go for <it>. Kevin! <laughs> all right, so Kevin's going to be by to talk about it. I don't think we have time. Uh, I don't want time. Oh, okay, all right, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure he'll be... He'll be tweeting about it later. Um, it whatever, he'll come over and have some Cavassier with us because um, that's what we spend all of the Patreon money on Cavassier. Yep. Um, I don't even know what it is, but it's what we spend the money on. It sounds yeah, classy exactly. as balls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just keep sending money to somebody who says they're going to send us Cavassier. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think they're good for it. Yeah. So uh, my final question: Billy's still trying to eat his pop filter. It's not made of the same pop. Go for get down. Mm-hmm. You're you're <laughs> making one of our listeners very happy by being <laughs> featured in the podcast. We know. Yep. Look how fat Gopher's going to bust a rhyme. That is his album. Kitty, kitty. For balling. Continue. (sighs) For balling. So, uh, final question is, uh, based on your answer for fantasy or sci-fi, you take a drink of something that says (laughs) drink me. What does it do to you based on your answer? What makes you the protagonist in either your fi- uh, your sci-fi or your fantasy, uh, we're going to say modern day, modern day uh, <clears throat> narrative. Well, I was a peasant girl <laughs> walking through a land, and I felt that something needed to be done. So one day I found this potion that turned me into a man, and slowly as a man... I ruled an army and, 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 and I lived throughout the years and generations and future and I finally, uh, in the, in the distant future, got man to follow me. But still, deep down inside, I knew that the woman inside of me, I looked at them not as a father, but as a mother. So, as a mother, I used my own seed to create, uh, space marines. <laughs> And that is how I became the emperor of man. We are going to get letters. <laughs> and you're going to hear me <laughs> <laughs> So th- that's my tale of how the god emperor was born. I think we can close out on that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you very much, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so you, okay. A few months ago, after we finished playing uh, the end of the world uh, Gaia scenario, we uh, had a lot of fun afterwards talking about how our characters have, de- or their characters, because I'm the GM for that, uh, characters have developed even though we're not actually advancing anything, and uh, some interesting thoughts about parallel universes and that sort of thing, so we decided to keep the mics running. Uh, Patreon fan- donors have already heard this, but now we're sharing it with the rest of you, so enjoy. 
You're fucking welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you using language like that? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I get really excited when I'm yelling at a bunch of wicked tats. Is <laughs> <laughs> that like a dick cannon? Yes. Yes. Have you seen that the, 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 a lot of uh, biologists on Twitter are basically doing a dick off? No. They are posting pictures of like animal penises. <laughs> Because one some, one of them posted like the picture of like an orca penis, and some other like biologists were like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, watch this," and like posted a picture of like some other like random animal. And it is now a thing. Yeah. Biologists are like trying to out penis each other. <laughs> I did this a is... speech in college where one of my visual aids was whale penises. Yeah, it is multiple. It is horrifying. Oh, multiple. Yes. They're gay whales. What? Yeah, they're gay whales. They're yeah. gay. Whales. Yes, homosexuality is present in whales. Yep. I mean, and I've heard of bears. So, and they've got prehensile penises. So yes. it's like, woo. So they what? That's no fair. I mean, I did that in, like, <laughs> in high school. I used to do like, hey, exactly. hey, my uncle. <laughs> I always called uncle. Oh my god. So what are we talking about? <laughs> We're apparently talking about whale penises. Why is that part of the circus? Why is that part of the circus? <laughs> Well, the sword fighting ha- has to happen somehow. That sword swallow. Because oh. they... Oh. It was a whale of the time. Oh, my God. All right, thanks for listening, everybody, and good night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> call me Ishmael. Uh, so, uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're here for just one quick subject that we'll put in later. Uh, and that is talking about the end of the world games. Now, we just wrapped an end of the world game tonight, and it was the... Uh, what was the what Gaia's was, Revenge? Gaia's Revenge, and Captain it did not. Planet, he's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero and destroy humanity. <laughs> so beautiful trees, 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 trees. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, we were playing the game, and um, we were talking about how our characters are, well, initially total dicks. And that's because that's they're kind of based on us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so by being based on us, which is, uh, I guess you could say the alpha dick. Um, the, the whale dick. The whale dick. Thank you very much. Flexible, but also, you know, sort of firm. Fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm more of a duck dick, more corkscrew. I'm more, you know, special. Really? I feel like I'm a cat dick because I'm magic. I don't know so. Wow. Woo. All right. Uh, so anyways... Uh, so, so we play, yeah, we play like, you know, not versions of ourselves, but inspired by ourselves. Like inspired mm-hmm. by a true story, me. Uh, and uh, when we play them, we're, we're, we're not great people. But as we progress through these outrageous or, or uh, uh, you know, uh, incredible uh, scenarios, we actually start to become decent people. It depends on which end of the world we play. Sometimes we dedicate ourselves to the path of total dickbaggery, and other times we actually decide to grow as human beings. So what I'm asking to you is basically a retrospective of how we've played this so far, and what do you think it is about this sequence of games that encourages character development and in a weird way allows us to play stereotypes that become human? That is some heavy questions there. I think if I wanted to be a really like hipster douchebag in a Which philosophy cat, uh, in a philosophy class trying to get into the pants of freshmen, uh, I would say that 
I think the fun part about playing the the uh, it's the end of the world is it, the important thing about why you want people to kind of accept that it's time to end the world as we know it is uh, it, the world isn't filled with you know monsters it fill, it's filled with I guess what God looked at the world and said wow this has gotten really douchey and I think that's what our characters all kind of. Uh, have a point of. I mean, look, look at Carter, Carter, my character. He is that pseudo intellectualism douchebag that would go to a bar and say, like, hey, that's a very interesting thing. Did you know that brandy was invented in 19, 19- you know, that kind of shit that You're just kind of leaves. Me, but go exactly, on. that would leave someone, uh, really annoyed. And then we have, of course, um, let's go to Jerry. Uh, Jerry, who, who has pretty much given up on the real world and has pretty much thrown his lot into technology. His entire world as we know it, his relationships, his, uh, his lovers are fabricated by, and enhanced by technology. He doesn't have a real human connection. They have Bruce, who, Never lived up to his potential. Never lived up to his potential, exactly. He's a body... He works out, but that's the only thing he's ever really applied himself for. Even in this latest game, he had the chance... He has a mother who's a corporate lawyer who was paying his way to Harvard, and he didn't want to finish. So he works at Best Buy. And there's nothing wrong with working at Best Buy. But there is something wrong when he can't even tell his own mother that's like, yeah, I didn't really... I, I failed out of college. He he didn't live up to what he he is capable of. And then finally, we have Kevin DeLuco, who is... I think we all have a friend like Kevin DeLuco, who is so... He's the friend that looks like he has every... He he knows everything. Mm -hmm. He knows everything. Nothing is flustered about him. But I would bet... Kevin is actually very sad. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he's the type that, you know, it's funny to have that friend in college that when you open their door, they're in a robe and they're drinking in the, at 6 a.m. and they yeah. seem fine. But you really just want to, like, when it's like 25 or 28, you just really want to say, like, how you doing, dude? Yeah. Like, this, yeah. W- w- what's up? Yeah. So, so, like, you don't have, you don't have work today and this is your first and only move? Yeah. It's, it, he's, he's stuck. It's yeah. almost, he's too afraid to go forward. All these are stereotypes of douchebaggery, and that's why when you we, we start off that way and the world starts to end, all those crutches that allow us to be douchebags, your technology, my pseudo-intellectualism, your uh, inability to grow up and your and, and Bruce's inability to go you know rise to the occasion, all those crutches that allow us to do that are taken away. And now we actually have to say like Oh fuck! That's those random facts that I I thought was interesting. I actually have to use that yep. to survive. Yep. I actually can't sit here and drink yep. because we're going to die. Yep. I have to actually pull my weight, or they're not going to want me. Or tech, the tech's not fucking working. I need to actually be a human being. Yep. And I think that's the exciting thing about into the world because it's actually God saying, "Okay, I'm tired of your fucking crutches. I'm collecting them now. Run a mile." Yep. And I'm <laughs> saying like, "Oh fuck, we haven't done this in a year." Yep. For years, so that's what I love about the end of the world games because it's stripping us of our crutches and the only and those shields that kept people from knowing our us as humans are gone. So we're now we're like, this is us. Yeah. But I think what what makes this story really compelling and really fun for us as players is that it is the fact that we, as each other, already acknowledge those crutches. So, for instance, I do not think that any of you interact with my character, Kevin without on some level cog- being cognizant of the fact that, yeah, 
Kevin hides behind his swagger because he really doesn't want to have to take a risk. And, like, that's why he stays in, you know, uh, Shay, like, Bachelor, uh, in, instead of, like, uh, you know, moving out to a place that might be nicer or in a better neighborhood. Not because he doesn't want to be around his friends, but because he enjoys this, this environment, but because he keeps him safe and that not a lot is asked of him. And the same thing with all of us. Like, we all, in that game, recognize each other as friends, but don't really blanch. We haven't once, we've played it as, what, five times? We've never blanched at, a, at each other's weaknesses. We've accepted them, whereas the NPCs have acted as if they don't know them. But the rest of us are like, yes, like, we know that, like, in a pinch, Bruce will probably get pissed off. <laughs> But Bruce is really strong, and he has very complicated relationships with his family and his position. Jerry is less than out of... Well, he's out of shape. Yeah. To say the least. Exactly. Um, But but, he's not going to run. Every time we've given... I mean... Because he's physically... You're physically bad shape, but Jerry always has our back. And no matter... No matter... He's kind of like that clown, that inflatable clown that you can punch. Because we are so mean to Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's but true. he always has our back. He, yeah, and he's never the one being mean to us. No. Like never once Jerry ever said like, "Hey Jerry, you're fat." And he's like, "Hey, Laura left you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know he would never do that. Jerry no, is like no. the big fat happy dog that has your back. Yep. That's not going to be able to no run matter very how many times right. you beat it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then he winds up saving your you know saving your life, and then you just kind of reevaluate what kind of a shitbag you are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so so and and then with uh and then with uh. Carter. Uh, Carter is... Uh, Carter, for me, is difficult because I associate a lot with what Carter's going through. <laughs> and so, like, for, for like Carter to be like, oh, my girlfriend left me, and now I'm sad. It's like, that is a totally legitimate thing to hold on to. But at the same time, Carter does not recognize all of the things he's already capable of. All of the... Carter... There's a reason why we meet at Carter's apartment. is because he, more than the rest of us, is the nexus of the enrichment of our lives. He is the person that enriches everyone's life that he comes in contact with. And that is why we meet at his apartment every time. Because he is generous. Because he is social. Because he is forthcoming and he is honest. And the part that makes it weird, like funny, that he is in this like awful post-relationships, uh, like, uh, status is because he's such a great guy. And so when shit pops off, he is always the person to at least be the the instigator of we need a plan, let's get out so, of here. Out of, so out of all of us, if we never got into the post-apocalypse and we're still in first world problems territory, out of all of us, he was the one closest to capable of like getting out of his... Life. Of self-realization. Yes. He's yeah. the grown-up, but he well, doesn't well, realize... That, well, I wouldn't say go that far. But he's the closest to becoming the grown-up. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he just needs to break that barrier of Laura. Yeah, and because Laura <laughs> is such a big thing weighed in his mind, the way that you play it is actually kind of funny because all the other decisions are secondary to how do I get Laura back? Mm-hmm. And because of that, your character deals with stressful situations. Like, like before the post, before the apocalypse happens in every game, you're like, fuck, we need beer. Well, what are we going to do? Fuck, we need weed. Do any of you guys have weed? You're the only one instigating the answer. You're the only one. Like, the rest of us like, uh, no beer, no weed. 
Just sit on the couch. Like, people are like, no, we need beer, and I know where it is. We need weed, and I know Jerry's holding out, and we need vodka, and I know that fucker DeLuco is drinking it right now. Yeah, you're the answer person. You're the, that's why we meet at your character's uh, place, and I always, I always really like that. But, even if we intermingle, like, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's Kevin and Jerry, and if it's Bruce and, uh, Carter, uh, or regardless of, you know, whatever mixture you want, we are already aware of each other's problems. And we always have that jumping off point. That, and I think that's why there's the pers- the perception during our game that we are inhuman, that we don't care about other people's sufferings, that we seem, uh, unfeeling. I don't think that's true. I just think that we are actually so in connection with each other as as friends. We have not just one very close friend, but we have actually three very close friends. And because of that, like our bandwidth of emotion is already occupied with these three other people that we are closely connected to, plus the peripherals, the ex-girlfriend, the mother, the family members. The the pillows. <laughs> <laughs> We are so we're so wound up in their well being that we're actually more human than a lot of other people. But unfortunately, in these incredible circumstances, we seem like monsters. But we're not. We're trying to survive and make sure each other survive. And I think that the way that we're playing these games really helps build those relationships because in a sense, you are building a lifetime of relationships and memories and, and knowing how people are going to interact. Um, the very first time we played this, we had the characters very vaguely sketched out when you sat down. You know, everyone gave the sort of elevator pitch. My character does this, you know, X, Y, and Z. This is my character in a nutshell. And then we play the game and we learn more about those characters. And usually, especially in a one shot, that's it. All that character development is gone. And yes, the actual development of those characters is erased because we reset the clock every time. But as players, the meta game is, all right, I've learned what Bruce's anger looks like. Mm-hmm. I've learned what Jerry's lack of, of physical attributes looks like, which mimics having years of friendship. And we actually start growing stuff. I mean, like, um, I, in the very beginning, we all just played, I think, people who knew each other because they we all moved into a same apartment. Mm-hmm. But later on, that grew into basically Kevin and... Uh, uh, Carter. Carter basically saying like, no, we've known each other for like our entire lives. Like we went to high school. We were friends. I mean, uh, or in not that, but we, we, we have inner jokes. We, we kind of get each other. I, I think it's like, uh, we are, rest- we are restarting the clock, but we're kind of always adding something new to the history of these guys. Like we now found out, which we will probably incorporate next time we play this, that right now, uh, Bruce is an underachiever. And he has a mother that always expected more from him. Yeah. And she is a successful lawyer who uh, who lives in the fucking, like, Upper West Side. Like, yep. she is not some, she's not like, like, I, you know, like, I want you to have more than me. She's like, why aren't you on my level? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, she, yeah, that, that is something that we are learning about Bruce that we will incorporate next time. Yeah, like, and that, that actually adds a really interesting um, angle to... Why is he a bodybuilder? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, because, I mean, if you res- if you retreat from, and I'm just guessing here, yeah. if you retreat from intellectualism, but 
working out, you still have a hard work ethic and you still are goal-based, yeah. then working out makes a lot of sense. And in your mind, like, bodybuilding is just repetition. At least in your mind, repetition is that you don't have to think about it too much. Just do it done. It's just repetition. You're not thinking about it too much. You're doing the same thing over and over again instead of actually using your mind like the way you're it's supposed like a, to. Yeah. It's like a healthier version of an MMO. <laughs> I, seriously. Like, I or The Sims. I'm really good at The Sims. You know why? Because I know what to do in order to become president of the United States. But in real life, I have no idea what that path is. Yeah. It's a rep- repetition. It tells me what I have to do, and I do it. And I can succeed. I never heard of exercises at MMO, but that is genius. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little sad. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, just playing MMO. I know how to become a level 60 monk mm-hmm. in Warrior War, World of Warcraft. Yeah. In real life, I have no idea what the fuck to do, if the, uh, how to be a monk, and I don't really want to fucking figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I could become it one day, but I don't know what to do. So uh, I'm going to well, give up. First of all, you're married, so. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's tricky. I know how to get rid- I know how to solve that. <laughs> <laughs> With yes, a, you do. <laughs> with Just a Japanese love pillow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how about you, Dan? Like, uh, like, how do you feel about your character? Or do you think there's something unique about this this reoccurring setting? I think we can all agree that one of the, the best parts about this is that we play the characters over and over again. Uh, but do you think there's something unique about the end of the world that, that shines a special light on your character? That's the thing. Pretty much everybody's already covered what I would have said. And which is... you're going to dig deep and tell us more. Nope. I think um, th- that's what I want. I mean, I think we right now we we, we get that um, Jerry's sad. Yeah. yeah, Jerry Jerry is a very sad, very lonely yeah. character. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, for example, like when you were calling, you said, like, I'm going to call my my mom. You're like, you called your sister. Yeah. You called Laura. It's like, who are you going to call? Like, no, I don't have anybody to call. Yeah. That was really yeah. sad to me. I'm like, do you want to call like the Thai restaurant? Like, <laughs> my character said that it was, it was a, joke, a joke, and we yeah. all laughed. But deep down inside, but my character like, was but thinking, no, seriously, like, who are you going to call? Like, no, I, I have nobody to call. And there was a point where you said, I'm going to call the girls and tell them I'm not going to be home. Mm-hmm. But like, you're talking about no one. Yep. Like, no one's going to pick up that phone. Those people aren't real. And I think that's why, that's why people go out of their I think that of the acceptable losses, Jerry is possibly the highest on that list mm-hmm. because the rest of us have some quality that we would die for. Whereas, here's like, the, here's the thing: so Jerry's Jerry, again, Jerry's very sad, very lonely. That family role, that that sort of like who are the things that be the touchstones in my life, end up being you guys. Which is why he is that sort of puppy that you kick, and yet when it comes right down to it, he he's never abandoned yeah. any of you. Well, that makes it even worse. Well, we, we did abandon Bruce. So, well, well, yeah, but... In, in your defense, I was, he was a zombie. Months, I was a zombie. Yeah. And I was going to throw a black bile upon Jerry if I went to the car, so yeah. there yeah. was that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and to, to date, technically, Jerry is the only person who's died. Bruce no, technically. No. Well, yeah, Bruce. No, he no, lived. No, no. He died. He lived again. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I live. I die. Yeah, I, I live again. Well, then last campaign, you guys got killed. Uh, everybody, like, well, these two got killed in the Cthulhu. You dragged oh, them down yeah. to the bottom of the ocean. Oh uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was off camera. I would say Bruce is the only one. Uh, not Bruce. I'm sorry. Jerry is the only one that has died before the game has ended. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And died trying to save people. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I would really like to see one of the. I. I. I 100% mean this. I want one of these versions randomly to involve Jerry 
the CrossFit trainer. <laughs> like, I want there to be, like, Bizarro Jerry, who, like, does not have any of these, like, hang-ups. I think that should be, like, the pandemic version. When we do the 28 days, we're all just CrossFit people, yeah. Yeah. and we're just training all the time. Yeah. Like, it's, like, gay sweat house up in here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, guys, instead of the poker game, let's just lift. Ooh, look at those muscles, you know? And then we're just... Yeah. <laughs> and then they, and the zombies come and rerun. What's yeah. that, that movie with... Uh... Got their names. Never mind. Flashdance. No, not Flashdance. Uh, they're bodybuilders and they're assholes. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and uh, The Rock were in it. Uh, Ma- Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. I don't yeah. believe there's uh, a movie that those two ever. No, they, that was uh, the the other guys. Yeah, but so the, but but that was not. They Mon- were not together. Well, because yeah, Mark Wahlberg was one of the other guys. The other guys and The Rock was one of the. Oh, never mind. Sure Wait, you mean Pain and Gain? Yes. Oh my God! Yes. Why? Why? <laughs> I haven't even seen that movie. Was that Rock and Mark Wahlberg? Yes. Yes, it was. Why do I know that? There's a scene in the film. In the, I haven't seen the film. I saw just for a clip where basically they're like checking each other out as they're working. I was like, yeah, yeah, look at you pumping that iron. Look at you pumping that entire scene. It was just kind of creepy to me. <laughs> <laughs> they were creepy. But, no, no okay. that's what it's like at a gym all yeah. the time, you guys. But no, you know what? I, it is like that. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I do want to see Jerry. Um, I want to go. Like, what I really like about this, what we've done, is the first scene, I mean, and we could do a little bit more with uh, Kevin DeLugo. The first time, it was kind of up in the air. But the first time we we ever played this, our goal was to reach your family, Kevin. Yep. This And then the next time, you guys, the goal was to reach Laura, and she didn't come with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the scene after that was, in the, in the next episode, was to get to Bruce. I would like to... I'm find... sorry, you've skipped the White Castle. Mm-hmm. The White Castle, we don't... Yeah. That's everyone's family. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just curious of what we would do to make this kind of a, a Jerry quest, like something that we need for on Jerry's end, or what Jerry's like Jerry's goal line for us. Well, and I, I am know. fully prepared. the 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 last book in the series is um, Rise of the Machines, mm-hmm. and I am fully prepared that that will mean that in one scenario Jerry becomes a god. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> hey Jerry, um, now that you're king, omnipotence, could you like? I code. I die. I code again. <laughs> but oh, uh, it's you know you're right. You're right. Yeah. So maybe maybe uh, these settings right now isn't very Jerry Jerry, but uh, <laughs> isn't not, very not very Jerry Jerry. Yeah, yeah, not very Jerry Jerry. But I, I do like the fact that we trade off stories where mm-hmm. you know we're not always trying to get Laura. I, I will always make attempt to get Laura, but that's not always the the story. It's yeah. never hey, let's get Laura. The pandemic version and the Cthulhu version. It's not that. And I yeah. like that. Yeah. And that is uh, done by GM Fiat. Yep. Yes. Yes. I think that's very it's important. It's like when I, I will 100% own up to that. It's like, all right, I don't want this to be a Laura story. You can't reach her. Yep. The thing I like most about this last campaign, you guys should have seen it by now. I like the fact that we were these stereotypes, that we were these, you know, kind of more interested in social media uh and we got to see that, and then we got to see that get removed, and then we got to see us actually nut up. Yeah. Like, I like the fact that you literally, Jerry, threw away your girlfriend and used her as a weapon. <laughs> I mean, you 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 saved the pillowcase of Fukmi because you couldn't you couldn't think about you know abandoning her, mm-hmm. and then you used that animate object 
to beat a monkey to save your friend. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's powerful. It's goofy as fuck. Goofy yeah, as fuck. That oh, sentence, yeah. by the way, is the definition of what gets you incarcerated in a mental yeah. institution. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's goofy as fuck, but it's very powerful. It was a kind of a powerful scene. Yeah. And just like when Bruce said, like, you know, at the end when Bruce was saying, like, you know, Mom, I'm, I'm not a, I am not a lawyer at Best Buy and she didn't care. The world's ending. Mm-hmm. No one gives a shit if you were a lawyer at Best Buy, but it was just that goofiness of like, hey, by the way, the world's ending, but I, w- I want you to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And your mom not caring. And that was beautiful. And I, I just loved at the end when uh, me and DeLuca were like, okay, what do we do? And DeLuca was like, dude, we have to get to Bruce's mom. We owe that to him. And we're like, fuck. So we get there. And I love the fact that we actually said, like, you know, all this crazy shit's happening. But we're going to protect her. Yeah. And it was, it was that moment of, like, you know, admitting that Bruce was more than just a bro. He was family. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought this was a great campaign because it allowed us to strip off all those distractions and just see what we really were underneath. And guess what? Our characters weren't awful people who shot each other's in the leg and ran. We literally ag- um, um, accepted that, no, we're fucking family. There's also a kind of beautiful irony in the fact that when Bruce and Jerry did show up, of the two, Bruce was the one who had been, like, most damaged. <laughs> and Jerry was the one driving the car mostly unscathed. <laughs> and, like, and, and yes, you guys, we were doing, we were doing the math, uh, while we were walking to the bodega after the recording. And, uh, and Billy, your and my character really only dealt with three things. We dealt with sea lions, which I don't even think count. We dealt with a tropical bird that really never tried to attack us and really just said some very mean things. Yeah. <laughs> and it was we, trying to attack you, your, your feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Emotionally. And yeah. a hallway of... Yeah, you guys con- wanted uh, wanted to use stats other than physical. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. It, so you get a, a mean parrot. Roll for her feelings. the only yeah. animal was, we killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a lot about you guys. Yeah, exactly. We killed a parrot. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, but it was like a mean it's girl's gonna fi- parrot. It's going to find me in like 20 years. It's like, it's like Mr. Carter, if, when you pluck the feathers off a parrot, you best make sure it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why is the parrot the only one you killed? Because it was very hurtful. It said some, some really hurtful things. Yeah. The other the other ones may have broken my body, but that one tried to break my soul. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, and then we, you know, uh, and then we had a, a hallway full of cockroaches, which that's significant. But think about what Jerry and Bruce had. Jerry and Bruce, from the jump, coyotes. Well, let's start. Oh, tornado. No. Fucking tornado. cyclone. Tornado. Yeah. Coyote. Yeah. yeah. Uh, monkey. Uh, no, monkey. tornado, coyote, cockroaches, cockroaches too. Yeah. Then, then monkey. monkey. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they still managed to get a car and drive to Bruce's mother's home. Mm. That's fucking incredible. That yeah. is, uh, like, what we did was we... You know, we, we thought our way through and we ran into some obstacles, but we had the resources. These guys just fucking thugged out from 62nd Street. Once you become Cyclone Bros, man, nothing gets I will you point out, though, in our defense, the first thing we did when we were like, okay, we have to get to their place. What do we do? We're like, let's find a car. They were like, let's walk it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Also, uh, with Bruce's terrible direction sense. Oh, that was yeah. so good. <laughs> Points for you. That was wonderful <laughs> use of my favorite. And I guess that's also something good for the DGM. She's starting to remember our our, our, yes. our stats. Yeah, she's starting to remember our qualities and our features. Uh, I would not. That one was mentioned offhand. Yeah. 
uh, earlier in the game. I would not have remembered it. But since it was brought up, I was like, oh, wait a second. You're not just going to walk to the right end of the apartment building? I would have trouble with that. And I, I have fairly good direction sense. But once I'm inside, I'm like, what? Yeah. What? I don't know. Like, I work in a building that... that overlooks Fifth Avenue and Broadway and half the time I'm like, wait, which side of the building am I on? Yeah. It's like, it's really easy to tell the difference yep. between those streets from 16 floors up and it's not like, wait, what? Do I sit by? I don't know. <sighs> Alright, so... All in all, end of the world, very fun. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, I think, weirdly, it has some of our strongest character development based entirely on the fact that we're trying not to develop our characters. <laughs> yep. <laughs> At all. Oh yeah. my god, no. We're we're fighting it tooth and nail, kicking and screaming. But every time we're just getting better and better characters. What's that? Every every time we're getting better and better characters out of that game. Yep. 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 So I really can't wait to the next. Yeah. I don't know what we're gonna play, but like I said, I have a fun time just Surviving the end of the world with you guys. Yep. Or I'm, I'm hoping, I'm still hoping for, uh, for revelations mostly because I want to find out. Does Angel have Nards? <laughs> <laughs> Angel's got Nards! Oh my god, yes. Yep. Alright, and, and of course, Angela, uh, you do a bang up job running these yes. games. Thank you. Thank you for taking this yes. mantle. Uh, you know, uh, uh, briefly when we first started playing this, I thought to myself, like, well, you know what we could do is we could, like, pass the different scenarios to each different person. And now I think to myself that would have been a huge mistake. I think that you absolutely are Was the person... Was it your idea that decided to do it, like, the Left for Dead? Like, you play the I mentioned it offhand after... No, I... I'm sorry, I don't... That was me. I, I argued really hard for that, I remember. And oh, I remember. no, but I think, because I, I, I remember talking about it with Billy before any of you showed up. Okay. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I think it was a case of, of, of great minds thinking alike, because before You're you guys sweet. had showed Thank up, <laughs> I was like, you know, it'd be kind of hilarious if you guys did the same damn characters every time, and you just were the most unlucky son of a bitches. Because yeah. Billy and I had been playing Left for Dead that weekend already, and then yeah. with the zombie setting of the first game, I was like, this would be kind of funny, and Billy's like, oh my god. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying that it was my idea, I'm saying that I remember freaking out at the idea. Yeah, I remember when it was brought up, everybody had one of those, like, I was like, oh, that's actually interesting, and everybody's like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that would be banging, and I'm like, oh jeez. Because you're, well, first of all, you're saying you only have to make this character once. (laughs) Like one character. There's a lot lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Be prepared for Marcus to, uh, to, to play in almost every iteration of anything remotely steam, diesel, stitch, pipe, punk, what the fuck ever there is. Don't forget clockwork. Oh, goddammit. Gear punk. Gear punk, Tesla punk. Stitch punch. Stick, it's a thing. Stick Look it up. Uh, you know the girlfriend uh, in... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Nailed it. Oh, there we yeah. go. Thank you. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, what's her name? Sally. Sally. Sally, yeah. That's Stitch Punk. Oh, okay. Or, uh, or the movie Nine. Oh, okay. Stitch, Stitch Punk. Punk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one right there. I, no, I mean, it's a horrible movie, but it's a, that, that would be <laughs> a good example. Movie. Really? It was a bad movie? It wasn't a very good movie. Uh, I, I went to see it in theaters. I was really excited, but it was not good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a shame. It was you like they know. wanted like an idea, like, hey, this is a great idea. I'm like, this is going to be really good. And then they just said, that's really difficult. Like, halfway through, it's like, yeah, it's really difficult <laughs> to make that. Uh, let's just, just make it really yeah. stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, new punk that I learned about this week, Solar Punk. Solar Punk? Huh. Solar okay. punk is, it's a very hopeful future. Apparently the aesthetic is art deco and, uh, it's all about, 
um, alternative energy and and green living, and it's a uh, the 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 punk the the rebellion um, that we talked about in a previous GTRT mm-hmm. is uh, against our current idea that. That, um, like, machines and, and computerization, that's going to be the way forward. It's no, we need to be more in tune with the natural world. Still oh. with science to, to figure out different ways of harnessing the, the Earth's resources. But it's, it's more living in, in harmony. Okay. All right. I like that. It's a very, Solar like, punk. calm zen punk. Zen punk. TM. <laughs> I'm still holding out for vodka punk. Where everybody just sits around complaining and drinking. Uh, I think that's called Russia. Ah. Personally, I want Oh my god, Russia so totally vodka punk. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. I'm still waiting for Daft Punk. Uh, (laughs) Nice work. All right, kids. Well, uh, I guess we're going to... Yeah, we're just going to splice it somewhere, so... Yeah, we're we're going to splice it. uh, uh, Thank you very much from the past to the future! Balls. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the GTRT where we talked about life, the universe, and the superiority of sci-fi over fantasy. If you like this GTRT, listen in to some of our interesting GTRTs in the past where we discussed interesting to- topics like Batman, Superman, and other. We also have role-playing games, we got blog posts, we got a bunch of stuff you might be interested in on the website, go ahead. But if you really like this discussion, and really like us, consider giving to our Patreon. With the money, we buy things like food, web hosting, and sci-fi ray guns. If you don't have the cash or not inclined, which is fine, consider talking about some forums, giving reviews on things like iTunes and other podcasting services, or whatever you want to do to get the fanable word out there. We would love to have more fans like you. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.